Thanks for tuning into The Scoop. I hope we can continue to serve as an important source of information and entertainment during these unprecedented times. I want to take a minute to thank our sponsor, Bitstamp, before we get started with the episode. They're the original global cryptocurrency exchange. Since 2011, Bitstamp has been a cornerstone of the cryptocurrency industry and the preferred exchange for serious traders and investors, trusted by over 4 million customers, including top financial institutions. Bitstamp is built on professional-grade trading technology. Their platform is powered by a matching engine from NASDAQ, the global stock exchange, and their APIs are consistently recognized as the best in the industry. Bitstamp's advanced trading interface, TradeView, features live charting, deep analytical tools, and is available on web and mobile. You can download the Bitstamp app from the App Store or Google Play, or visit bitstamp.net slash pro to learn more and to start trading today. That's bitstamp.net slash pro. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in to The Scoop. I'm your host, Frank Chaparro, and I am very excited for today's episode. We have TM Lee, the co-founder of CoinGecko, on the show today. We're going to be talking about all things crypto, data, why price checking has suddenly become stylish again, and of course, what their future plans are building on the momentum they've seen for much of 2020. But before we get into that, TM, I want to hear a little bit about your background. This is the first time we've spoken. And, you know, as I like to do with all my guests, keen on getting to know you a little bit, walk me through um, your background and how you found yourself finding what has become now at this point, one of the most important data companies or sources of information in this nascent market. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Frank. Uh, absolutely. So basically, CoinGecko started in like early 2014, basically started off as a side project between myself and my co-founder, Bobby. At the time, there were not many people that were interested in, in Bitcoin and, and crypto. So when both of us sort of like uh, met by chance, uh, we thought like, okay, there's something that, you know, we could share some ideas on, on how the crypto space will continue to grow. So what we were doing at that time where we were just trading uh, altcoins and, and Bitcoin. There weren't that many tokens as we see today, but there were quite a number of altcoins that you could trade on. And we saw a missing gap at that time that everyone was just looking at prices, but we wanted to do something beyond that where we track sort of like a fundamental data for crypto projects. Some of the few that we define is how big the developer community is, like how active they are pushing code to the crypto project by looking at their GitHub profile, uh, looking at how big the community size is on Reddit, on Twitter. So we sort of create all this social metric and developer metric to accompany the market data, to give it out to the public to show that which crypto project has potential and which one has stronger fundamental rather than just looking at the short-term swings of price. So that was the early version of CoinGecko, I would say, where we provide this kind of service that there isn't that many out there that do it at that time. And then over the years, we just keep it as a side project. And in 2017 also, when the advent of ICO came to be, the, the market just suddenly exploded, right? So as a side project, we're getting like 50x or 100x traffic into our website. And that kind of surprises us as well. Like, you know, this 
definitely shows that we are onto something. And then we slowly transitioned into a full-time project, uh, make our first hire in 2018, grow the team and scale things up and try to understand what the market really wants and then cater our features, our product for that space. And that's how CoinGecko became the version you see today. So that is sort of like a TLDR and yeah, so to speak. A lot of the growth in terms of web traffic has happened in this year, in 2020, in the midst of this pandemic, I guess, obviously the DeFi boom that we've seen. And I don't know what the data is, no pun intended, but I think you guys are either very close or at some point in some instances have surpassed or at least they're getting close to surpassing coin market cap in terms of traffic. Um, I guess we can get the specific number to see who's who's ahead. But what's what's been driving that growth? Is it mostly just the Cambrian explosion of DeFi coins, or do you think it's something more that has something more to do with maybe some of the decisions you guys have made in the past six months? Yeah, we, we definitely view uh, CoinMarketCap as, as a competitor uh, for the past few years. And we have been like looking at ways on how we can get people to, to switch over. So I think in the past two years or so, we've been just trying to ship features after features, like addressing the, the fake trading volume problem, trying to address some of the issues that when users go to an exchange, they realize they couldn't make those trades and also trying to track derivative and things like that. So basically, we, we do make a couple of feature releases to, to address the need of the market. Um, I would say the actual explosion really came quite recently. Uh, it could be also due to momentum from the acquisition of CoinMarketCap as well by an exchange uh, where they are no longer viewed as completely independent. Um, and then combine that with the fact that we sort of integrated with a lot of DEXs in the earlier this year or late last year. And then we were able to add a lot of all these DeFi tokens ahead of time where people wanted to look up for all these DeFi tokens and we were just able to add them really, really quickly and they can get those information up and running. So I think these are the two catalysts I see that got people looking for an alternative outside of uh, whatever they're used to. And CoinGecko is one of that alternative and then they tried it, they like it and continue to use it. So I'm looking at the data. I have similar web pulled up. You guys haven't surpassed coin market cap, but you're growing at a much faster clip. I think I meant your sort of growth rate has certainly surpassed them. Uh, you look at April 2020, CoinGecko, 7.3 million folks visiting the site compared to coin market caps 28. You guys are about half of what we're seeing. Coin market cap bring in 45 million for coin market cap to 24.6 million for you guys. Um, so obviously, you know, we've seen growth for both because of what we're seeing in DeFi. I want to talk about the DeFi strategy for a second. Um, it's something you guys have kind of carved a niche for. When you look back at 2017, right, a lot of people, I think, uh, you know, when they think about coin market cap or just crypto data at the time, to your point, a lot of fake volumes, a lot of erroneous scam projects getting listed on these sites and, and kind of being visible to the, the um, large retail uh, base of, of traders. In today's market, how do you make sure, how do you ensure that as a, you know, very publicly facing source of information you aren't promoting or, or 
giving too much attention to projects that might be, you know, um, not necessarily scams, but something that might be risky for people to park their money in. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a challenging problem. Uh, and it's also because we are in this open finance infrastructure where anyone can just create a token with similar sounding name or create a token and make a couple of claims. And, you know, you have to do your due diligence. And sometimes a, a token can appear to be not a scam and then eventually be a scam. So it's really, really challenging. Uh, I would say that we do put in a couple of measures. Uh, if you compare that to 2017, I think the on CoinMarketCap, at least as far as I recall, uh, there is no alert functionality. Like let's say if there's something that, that has happened to an exchange or to a coin, uh, there was no like messages or anywhere indicated there at all. So what we ended up doing was we added that, that feature on our site so that when we receive reports from anyone, we just put up that, no that notice up there. So anyone who looks it up on our app or on our website, could get that message and then they can be prudent about, about their, their choice. So that's the first one, like, like making this information public as obvious as possible. The second one is on the exchange side. So there were a lot of allegations on, on fake volume, which I believe is, is actually really true and it's a real problem in the space. And we ended up pioneering this thing called a trust score where we don't no longer look at the trading volume of an exchange anymore because these are all numbers that the exchange can report whatever they want. And because we are in an unregulated market, this trading volume itself, it's just not a good indicator of liquidity. So we bring in other metrics in to sort of like give all this scoring so that the users could find the exchange that trades tokens that are sort of like vetted by the exchange to some capacity and also the exchange that are not sort of like faking their order books and stuff like that. So that's the second one. The third one is, we definitely have a review team, an in-house review team, like even currently with the advent of DeFi, where there's just so many tokens coming in, uh, people just can't tell the difference between two to five different tokens with the same name, uh, making the claim that they are this particular project. And our team have to sort of like do the due diligence. They have to go speak to the team, go and look up the website, find out the contract address, tag it, uh, check out some Uniswap, whether the liquidity is, is, is there, is there enough liquidity? And we try our best to uh, sort of curate uh, all these tokens that, that will launch and, and put it up on our site. Uh, I would say so far it's, it's doing okay, although there are a couple of problems here and there due to the fact that it's really difficult and challenging, but we're just trying our best here to provide as much information as we can to the public while putting all these controls in place. What do you think some of the most challenging aspects of navigating this Cambrian explosions of coins has been, right? You know, you want to be the first to have something listed. You want to be the first to be able to get the trading view chart up on there so that folks can start really closely following the lines on the chart. You want to um, be at the head of the competition, but at the same time, you're, as you were saying, there are all these parameters that you need to get through. So obviously that's a challenge in and of itself, but what other maybe unforeseen challenges of this DeFi craze have you guys faced and how did you kind of um, overcome them? Yeah, the other, the other aspect of it, I would say, is the scalability uh, challenge, uh, both on the operation side and the technical side. So maybe on the technical side, we want to be the first to like integrate uh, the DEXs, the tokens and things like that. And it, it can be quite challenging to obtain some of this data to some extent. Like right now in the Ethereum space, we are happy to have many partners that we're working with 
in order to obtain uh, some of this market data that we can then feed into CoinGecko and then we can then curate them and then show it to, to the users. Uh, but when things are looking to move out of Ethereum, which we are starting to see a bit of a trend now, I don't know if that will continue. We have to actively find ways to obtain those trading activity that are happening on those other chains, like the Binance Smart Chains, the Tron Network or Solana and things like that. So that is one technical challenge, which it, it is a, a challenge, but I think we can solve it eventually. Uh, the second one is on the operation side. So the more tokens we add, the more stuff we integrate in, really is just a lot of uh, operational overhead on our end. Like we recently launched this yield farming aggregator, uh, I think last week or two, and we just find ourselves like having to you know manage all this information that comes in and then the yield farming pool will, will change their reward strategy and then we have to also change it on our end and there is no standardization on, on how all this communicate with each other and then every yield farming will have a different policy and, and, and different contract and then our team have to read those contracts and try to ensure that it looks very much like a copy of you know the other yield farming project so that there is a lot of catch up on our side with how fast the market is moving. So far, our team has been doing a really great job keeping up with it, making sure that it is as sustainable as it gets. But if the market continues to explode, then we definitely have to scale our team and put in a lot of um, uh, uh, ways to streamline of all these operational bottlenecks. It's interesting. Like you, you talked about the launch of this specific, the first you know, data site to launch a DeFi ranking, the first to launch a yield farming page, et cetera. How did that strategy come to fruition? Yeah, so, so actually we, we knew that DeFi is going to be big and important about sometime last year. Uh, we have a couple of guys in-house here that are big fans of DeFi and they've been following the project since middle of last year. And, and if you ask me like last year, will DeFi be big today? I just couldn't see that, right? Like will Uniswap be a billion dollar trading volume uh, that beats Coinbase Pro? I would also say that that's not possible, but look, we are in this world right now, right? So Yeah, we are where we are. Yeah, and, and, and so like we have been following DeFi quite a bit last year and then early this year, we tried to figure out how we can integrate all these taxes uh, to get all this data. I, I would say that somehow we have a bit of features that are catered to the decentralized space because we knew that the decentralized space would definitely be important someday and it's not something that a lot of our competitors are paying attention to. So we wanted to integrate with them a little bit closely and have a foot in there. But the thing that caught us off guard is how big the DeFi space have exploded. Ever since, I think, when, when Compound launched their liquidity mining and followed by Balancer and so on and so forth, and there's a lot of huge interest coming in and suddenly everybody knows how to use Uniswap, which kind of surprises me as well. And everybody's willing to learn how to use it. And then when we saw those initial... Uh, uh, Listen, I never, thought, I never thought that I'd be trying to play with Uniswap. And here we are, 2020, you know, getting my MetaMask up and running and, and doing the Uniswap thing, much to the surprise of everyone at the block. But yeah, it's a different environment. And the market on the DeFi side has grown so fast. But anyway, as you were saying. Yeah, so totally. Like, like the market just changed so fast. Like uh, early, early this year, I think in March, we published a book on how to DeFi. And at that time, the market was a, a huge niche and nobody knew what DeFi is. So we thought like, let's publish a book that teach people what DeFi is, what are the product offerings out there. The moment we launched it, after a couple of weeks, all these things happened. And then the whole thing became like outdated and we have to probably refresh with a second edition 
in the next few months or so if we can. So <laughs> yeah, so I think I think that the, the thing is that we have been tracking DeFi for a while, and that's why we sort of have pretty good powers of this space because of our team members who are really, really into it. And then they tell us like what the market really wants and we just focus on catering the product to be very DeFi specific. And, and since DeFi is a team right now, that's how we naturally gain that, that momentum, I would say. If you're a listener of The Scoop or follow The Block, then you know I am super excited about the future of crypto adoption, especially on the enterprise side. Our sponsor, Blockset, is not only helping to push development at the grassroots level with their multi-chain API, but also at the institutional level. Blockset is built by BRD, the first crypto wallet in the App Store from 2014, and one of the largest in the space today. They've taken the architecture and the knowledge they've gained over the past six years to create Blockset, a robust, reliable, and strategic B2B offering for developers and enterprises. Blockset is enabling banks and other major financial institutions to interface and build with crypto assets at light speed. See just how simple it is by visiting Blockset.com and sign up for a free account today. So what are some things uh, the team is working on to kind of stay ahead of the curve? Are there any projects or new features that you're thinking about rolling out in the near term? Yeah, I think uh, I, I mentioned earlier that we have this U farming site, the DeFi uh, curated site. Uh, we also recently launched a portfolio manager. So we never had a way for our users, both on the app and on the, on the website, to curate their list of coins, you know, how much they purchased it for, and get their, their PL. And, and we finally launched that, I think, uh, last month or so. Uh, so that's pretty like, basic. And we want to sort of like add on top of it because it's getting a lot of traction, like people love that feature. Uh, so that's something that we will probably improve over time. As far as what comes next, I think that uh, we're just going to go deeper into the, the data rabbit hole. Like right now, it, it seems like DeFi is the thing. So we, we, we just have to like provide more information. Like, like right now, we recently added fully diluted valuation. Like everybody's asking about how can you get the fully diluted market capitalization of, of a coin? Because everybody is going after low cap uh, circulating supply, but then the, the, the fully diluted is much bigger and people want to know that information. So we added that for a couple of coins and we would like to scale that up to, to more coins as well. Other than that, we integrated with other data partners like, like DeFi Pulse. We bring in the total value log into our site, combine that and mesh that up with other data that we have so that the users can take better action. So I think there will be more and more of all this going deeper into the data rabbit hole, integrating with partners uh, to provide much more actionable insights to our, our users. But how do you kind of monetize that? You know, obviously, the more cool features that you have, the more information you can provide to folks, the more eyeballs you're going to have on the site, which could translate into more advertising revenues. But are there any ways to kind of maybe roll out something that looks more like a subscription product or maybe sell certain types of data sets to large hedge funds or trading firms? How do you maybe create products that can bring in large forms of sustainable revenue? We're definitely looking for ways to diversify our income stream. Uh, and as you mentioned, like, like advertising is definitely uh, quite risky and, and cyclical. So as I mentioned earlier that we did uh, publish a book on how to DeFi and, and that book has a, has a price tag. 
and people are happy to you know purchase it to get up to speed with DeFi, for example. So that kind of gives us a good indicator on you know a content side of things or an education business line perhaps that we may explore further. Um, so that's one part. Uh, the subscription is some, subscription part is also something that we are experimenting uh, and thinking about as well, like what sort of value add we can do to to make it more sustainable. And lastly, on the API data side, so. The, the, the API on CoinGecko is, is, is free, like 100% free, and, and there's a lot of users and developers that are integrating with it. And we want to try to keep that free forever, mainly because we've been doing that for about two years, and it is one way to sort of like support the ecosystem. Uh, because like, say you have an app or a developer coming in or a wallet app that do not have a clear business strategy, at least a couple of years ago, uh, they could use this API and enrich the uh, experience of the users and that makes the whole industry and the whole ecosystem grow together uh, but of course there are requests from some businesses and some uh, firms that they want certain kind of data at a higher rate frequency or certain data that we don't think we can provide it at scale for free those are the things that we may consider turning it into a paid version as well so all in all there are a couple of monetization strategy that we are looking into uh, hopefully by the end of this year or, or sometime next, we can experiment with some of this and see how the traction goes uh, when we launch it. What would maybe be an example of something that you couldn't do at scale, but could do for a small group of potential clients? So it really depends on what sort of data the clients really, really want. So I think there are two types of clients that are looking for Data. So the first one is the traditional firms. And I think these guys are only interested in the, the blue chip coins like, like BDC, ETH, and also only on the exchange, the centralized exchange that are regulated. Um, I, if we were to cater to, to that, uh, I would imagine it would be, you know, those specific coins, so specific exchanges for very specific like tick level data or order book. And, and I believe that will be the kind of product they will cater to them. Uh, that being said, there are also a lot of other companies as well that are already doing this, which is why we are sort of like postponing it because there are many competitors out there that we have to compete with. The second one, the sort of clients that are more on the bleeding edge side where they want data from the DEXs, uh, on-chain insights, tokens. So I think it's, it's pretty broad, like what they're looking for in order to get that alpha for them to take action. We may be able to provide some of all this niche sort of data that these guys can take action for, but to get the full suite of providing on-chain data to combine with this, providing certain uh, market data from certain DEXs that no one is paying attention to and combine it with that requires a little bit of work. We sort of justify this very niche specific product that we can tailor for this client. So I, I think that's how I will build it in terms of a, a paid version and a specific product tailored for a particular customer. One thing you guys started doing recently is investing, as I said before, yourselves with your own sort of capital. Um, what are you guys interested in? What? Well, first off, what got you guys involved in, in maybe getting in on deals? It feels like something that's new, but what types of deals do you like to get in on and how does it complement the existing business? Yeah, the, the investment side is something that we recently started more of an experiment I would say that it's not something that we pay uh, like very full attention to, but we do spend a couple of time uh, you know, on, on the investing side. And I think the, the viewpoint that we have is mainly on, there are a lot of things that people tell us to do at CoinGecko, like you know, 
build a wallet, build a block explorer, build a data aggregator, build all kinds of things. And surprisingly, uh, no, most people do not know that we only have like 16 people uh, in the whole team and we can't do everything and anything. And that got us thinking that why don't we you know, invest in other products or other projects that we think that could have a synergy between CoinGecko and, and, and these projects. And investment is just one way to sort of like create that strategy and the alignment with each other and also a way for us to invest in the ecosystem together as well. So although we, we're always open to partnerships and things like that, but also investment is one way to have that, that partnership to be much more strengthened, if you will. Yeah. The deal action has been insane, at least from my perspective. It seems like every other day, every other, almost every other day is pretty accurate. There's another company that's announcing a seed round or a series A in the DeFi market. There's um there's Dodo, right? The decentralized exchange that a month after announcing their $600,000 series, or I think it was a seed round, and now they announce a, either an extension to it or a series A of $5 million at a $50 million valuation. And you have the, the, the DEX aggregators, Paraswap, you have the DEXs themselves, you have all different types of companies that are trying to fit in um, between the decentralized world and the centralized world, and the list goes on. Where do you think, like, obviously everything right now in DeFi and, and crypto appears to be, you know, frothy um, valuations seem to be maybe higher than they should be. But where do you think things are maybe too crowded or, or not crowded? And how are you making your bets in accordance with that? Yeah, I, I really think there is a bit of a reminiscence to the 2017 ICO boom in some capacity where there are just fundraisings here and there, everywhere. Uh, yield farming as well is one way to bootstrap the launch of the token. I definitely would agree that there is a lot of fortiness in this space, and which is why for us, we really like pick our bets very, very closely. Like we speak to the team, we try to understand like what they're trying to do and try to see if there's any synergy between CoinGecko and their product. And if all this checks off, then most likely we can give it a go because it's not just about uh, the valuation in a way, but also more on the collaborative strategy that, that exists between us and them as a, and create much more value to the ecosystem as a whole. Um, so that's pretty much how I would view it. Given the craziness in this space, there's just a lot of deals going on, but we really have to filter and, and pick the ones that make sense for us. Yeah, that makes sense. It's been, I mean, again, it's been it's been wild to sort of see how much is going on in the investment side, um, and and you know, it seems like everyone's kind of pivoting to VC at this point. It's fun to watch. There's new derivatives platforms. There's new, you know, all sorts of non-custodial exchanges. What about like looking at the competition? You've seen Coin Market Cap. Obviously, it got acquired, and there's uh, you know Blockfolio, which is another sort of data tracking company. Um, they got acquired. So, what's the? Uh, have you guys been fielding requests? Has there been a spike in interest of folks looking to maybe acquire you guys? And uh, is that something you'd even be interested in? Yeah, uh, there there are definitely some conversation surrounding this. I mean, we talked to various different parties on you know possible like synergies or uh, acquisition or things like that. Uh, I, I think 
for us, we are still a bootstrap company. Like we have not raised any funding up to this point, which gives us the option to continue running it this way rather than like raising another round or, or be pressured to, to make an exit because of uh, run, running our runway, if you will. So I think we still don't really have a, a set direction yet on this one. Like, like what we, we, we actually do a simulation on all the possibilities that we can take from here. It, it almost feels like we're on a crossword. Like we have the option to do a fundraising, to exit or to continue running it the way it is. And we're just considering all options on, on, on the table. But uh, at, at the end of the day, I feel that running it uh, as an independent company is what makes CoinGecko tick as a whole as well. Like this is what people see us as an independent data aggregator that provides sort of like a utility service to the whole community. And um, I, I would say that the acquisition itself gives us a pretty good comparable for us if we want to take any sort of, of the other route, right? Uh, so I, I view them as, as, as a good thing that it helps us to validate like what we are doing. But again, like us as a team, we're just going to keep our options open because we're just not entirely sure like what's the best way to go. Like, like we know for a fact that if an exchange invests in, in a business like ours or acquire a business like ours, then it's going to be very difficult to run it as is. A lot of the core value, even though you try to say that you are transparent or independent, it may not be seen as that way in terms of perception. So we are also trying to find out like who are the, the best partners, the strategic uh, partners to, to, to get in with, basically. What about um, if there's a um, non-acquisition on the horizon or, or if it's not something necessarily that you're interested in? I kind of want to tease out what the path forward is. I, I remember when I spoke with Blockfolio and FTX about that deal, one thing that Ed at Blockfolio talked about was it kind of came out of this desire to expand into capturing the transactional side of, of the market. Um, you have tons of people who probably come to the site every day. They're on it. They're on it for like a really long time. They're, they're checking all these different coins and leveraging all the features, but they're then going and buying these things somewhere else. Um, I'm sure you have some sort of partnerships with these venues through which you get like a cut of the action, but you're not at the end of the day facilitating these trades. So is that something that maybe you guys might get into at some point in the future? Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree that a lot of the value capture happens at the transactional stage. So, uh, which is why lots of people are also like suggesting that, you know, why don't we start an exchange, start a wallet, and then we can do all this transaction and capture all this, all this value. Uh, but the way I see it is that CoinGecko is really a sort of like, we help navigate users to the best place to make the trade, right? So we don't want to be in the way of, of taking over the transaction. Like we want to help the user make the discovery on our site, get the information that they need, and then we send them off to wherever that they can get the best trade for. And, and the reason for that is also why we didn't want to do the trades because when we do that, then suddenly we are in the business of an exchange, right? And we are no longer an independent company that uh, sends users around to the best exchange. Like we want to make sure that the users are retained on our site and they trade on our, on our end. So it, it almost feels like what Google is, is doing right now where they try to do everything and anything and, and they end up competing with all the travel sites and everything. And there is a bit of, it puts them a little bit on a tough spot, if you will. 
So the, the way I see it is that I don't think we would take that route, or at least that's not on the top of our priority. We want to better navigate the user to the best place to make the transaction. And even though, yes, we don't capture that the value, but I think that's okay. Like we have other ways to have other business model in place, which I explained earlier that may make sense with the kind of organization that we want to run. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to be respectful of your time, I, um, but what do you think is your most like contrarian position right now when you look out on the DeFi landscape? What are maybe people paying too much attention to or not atten- enough attention to and um, maybe misunderstanding about DeFi overall? Yeah, I may have contributed viewpoints at times, but sometimes the timing just doesn't work out too well. Like, uh, <laughs> So I, I think one great example was the non-fungible token NFT. And I've been very, very interested in NFT since two years ago uh, when it just started off. And we actually tried to do something on CoinGecko's side that we launched NFT Gecko, which is a, uh, a community forum which is supposed to get people excited about NFT and talk about it. And then we, we minted our own NFT just to give out to our fans. So I think that has been a contrary view for a very, very long time. And then nobody actually paid attention to. But recently with the advent of the mashup combining like DeFi, U farming with NFT, suddenly it became super faulty. That got me a little bit scared as well. Like, like I don't know if this is a beginning of a boom for NFT and people are going to understand like how NFT works or is this just going to be a, a cycle? So as people get excited about NFT today, I'm starting to also like scale down my excitement because I, it doesn't feel like it is a sustainable one and, and the utility is, is not very clear yet at this point in time. Um, so yeah, I don't know about, about this yet. Like we've been thinking about getting into NFT and getting some data out there for people to look at. It's just that we just don't know what sort of data to shape it into in a way that people understand. And I do see a lot of NFT websites out there that gives out all kinds of stats on, you know, uh, what is the market cap of an NFT, which I don't know if that makes sense to people, but people like to look at all these stats to make some decision in the NFT space to see whether the industry is growing or not. Uh, I, I can say for sure that it is a space that we're, we're, we're looking at. Yeah, a lot of people certainly are, and <laughs> we'll keep tabs on it. If, and um, if anything crazy happens there, maybe we'll have you back on to opine. TM Lee, Coin Gecko, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Frank. Talk to you soon. I'd like to give our sponsor Bitstamp a big thank you. The original global cryptocurrency exchange. Bitstamp is built for professional traders, yet intuitive enough for any investor. You can use Bitstamp's advanced trading interface, TradeView, to execute your strategy or instantly buy crypto in seconds when the opportunity strikes all from your computer or mobile device. Bitstamp prides itself on delivering unmatched customer service with a human touch. Their global customer care team is available around the clock via telephone, email, and social media. When you contact them, you'll always speak to an actual person, not a bot. You can download the Bitstamp app from the App Store or Google Play, or visit bitstamp.net slash pro to learn more and to start trading today. That's bitstamp.net slash pro.